Rick saying WVUD is the hottest spot in the slot. So keep on rocking to 91.3 WVUD Newark. You're listening to 91.3 FM, WVUD, and WVUD HD1 Newark. The views expressed in this program are those of the individual participants and not necessarily those of WVUD or the University of Delaware. WVUD and UD Information Technologies present Campus Voices, conversations with University of Delaware faculty, staff, and students about their teaching, research, service projects, and other interests. To introduce today's guest, here's your host, Richard Gordon, manager of the IT Communication Group at the University of Delaware. Oh, we've got many more than one guest in here today. Welcome to Campus Voices, everybody. We've got a cast of thousands in here to talk with you about last Friday's World Cup draw. Um, you know me as Richard Gordon. What you didn't know is that I support the Crystal Palace Eagles in the English Premier League and, of course, support the USA in the World Cup. And joining us today... My name is Alex Brown. I, um, I'm an adjunct instructor in the Department of Business Administration. I am obviously from England, supporting England, and a lifelong Manchester City fan. And our next guest? Uh, my name is Scott Grazenda. I am uh, the women's soccer coach here at the University of Delaware. Um, played here at the University of Delaware, and I support Man United. Uh, yeah. And you sat me next to him? <laughs> but I also support uh, the Philadelphia Union here in the States. Um, I'm Adam Batar. I'm a junior mechanical engineer here at the university. I'm a Chelsea fan all the way, and I'm Lebanese, but unfortunately until the day they make it to the World Cup Finals, I guess I really have to admire Germany. And I'm Tunde Ogunaike, the dean of the College of Engineering. I am Nigerian, and I'm proud to support the Nigerian team. And I'm also supporting Brazil because I like Brazilian soccer. My name is Alex Keen. I work at the University Student Centers. I'm a, an American, but I'm a German supporter in the World Cup because it's just less painful that way to support Germany. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. um, Scott, do you want to tell us how the World Cup works? I mean, in terms of the knockout stages and stuff, I can do it, but let's have a real <laughs> soccer coach tell us. <laughs> okay. Um, so there's uh, how many we got here? I think 32 eight, teams. Eight groups. Yeah, yeah, eight groups of four. Um, what ends up happening, everybody plays each other once. Um, the winners, the top two from that group, will go into the uh, knockout stage. From that point, um, they will pair up, and then it will be have to have a winner. So you will go and see some games go into penalty kicks. Um, and then basically we go down into uh, kind of like a uh, basketball bracket to the final. And it's being played in Brazil, and the teams are having to travel all over the place, aren't they? Uh, it's from the north to the south to the Amazonian area, everything else. Every year, there, every time there's a World Cup, there's always debate about, is there a cup, is there a group of death? Is there one set of teams that, that looks just terrible? Anybody? Group G. Group, group G, group which death. is that, Tundi? Germany, Portugal, Ghana, and the United States. It's unfortunate to be in that group. <laughs> you think the United States would have qualified out of any of these groups? I doubt it. <laughs> On it. Give credit to Jurgen Klinsmann, the coach. He's done a lot with the talent he has, but there is no way he's coming out of this group with Germany, Portugal, and Ghana. Yeah, I would agree with that. I got Germany and Portugal coming out of that group without, without a problem. 
Personally, I think that there's a bunch of groups of death because there's a lot of interesting matchups. I mean, you can't ignore Group B. You got Spain, you got Chile, you got Holland, Australia, and there's a lot of world-class players in there. You have guys like Robin Van Persie. You have the Spanish national team with Iniesta, Xavi. I mean, these are real world-caliber teams. And then I you got I t- Adam, you're right. I totally forgot about Group B. I mean, Australia doesn't stand a chance there. We've got Spain, <laughs> Netherlands, and Chile. I mean... There's also Group D, which I really, really like because literally anything can happen. Italy, they're a, they're a really good team, but we saw what happened in 2010. You got <laughs> England, who are always a ridiculous wild card over how terrible they can be. And you got Uruguay, with arguably some of the finest strikers on earth, Diego Forlan, Cavani, and Luis Suarez. Take a bite out of me, Luis Suarez. Diego Forlan still playing? Diego Forlan is still playing, and mm. I believe... I think his son's on that team, too, I by would, now. I would imagine he's about ready to play. <laughs> <laughs> well, Forlan's one of my absolute favorite players. I'm just... I mean, he's, he's just he's getting so long in the tooth. I mean, yeah, but Bobby Charlton was one of my favorite players, and I don't think he's playing, is he? No, he's not. Well, okay. if, if you're going to mention old players, I think closer still be representing Germany because I mean he's like the guy's like a fine wine no matter he, how many years he can't get on the field though they, they have too many good strikers I think they bring him on as a sub and he scores yeah. a goal no yeah. I think yeah. they lack strikers I mean who yeah. they, uh, they have Mario Gomez they have uh, Miller we talk about Miller Germany, isn't really a traditional striker yeah. Miller isn't really a traditional striker I mean you got Gomez you have Klose and you have Kiesling but for some reason Lowe doesn't want to call him up you just have a bunch of secondary strikers and false nines I mean, I, I just back to the group of death thing. I know the British press is all over Group D being the group of death with Italy and England and whatever the other two teams are. But I disagree. I think if England don't qualify out of that group, it's unconscionable. I think it would be a national disgrace if we don't make it. <laughs> well, I do. We I, should have the quality to I, get out I of that group. I think it's a, a really bad group because I think Costa Rica at any point could beat any of those teams yeah. on a given day. And they showed it when they played England in the, uh, but, in the friendly. But that doesn't say much for England, right, if you think Costa Rica can beat them. But, I mean, surely on the world stage, England should be able to get out of that group, even though the British press is saying this is a group of death. I, I disagree completely. Our guests are debating Group D, Italy, Uruguay, Costa Rica, and England. Um, interesting. So, Richard, I crunched some numbers, and I know that the FIFA ranking is not 100%, like not everybody agrees with where countries are. But if you crunch the numbers and you look at what's the lowest total mm-hmm. score for any group, it's mm-hmm. going to be Group G. Mm-hmm. And Group D is definitely really low, but if you want to look at the – the biggest collection of high-ranking teams, it's going to be Group G. So it's going to be really mm-hmm. fascinating to watch those teams play. Which yeah. is the Germany, Portugal, Ghana, and, and USA t- taking up the rear. Yeah. yeah. I, re- I recently read the weirdest thing, that apparently USA was higher than England in the rankings. I mean, how on earth did FIFA dig up these numbers? Well, it depends on who you play, when you play them, and the score you get. And the U.S. played Germany. I don't know if you remember that. No, I, yeah. I do, and, unfortunately. And, yeah, they played Spent Germany, Dempsey. and they got a result against Germany. Yeah, sometimes I, there are odd results, right? But there are odd yeah. results. And, that and was so, one of them. Yeah, I wouldn't worry too yeah. much about those rankings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, let's get ourselves a little bit organized. I know five, six guys sitting in a room talking about soccer without any beer. There's no chance for organizations. <laughs> but, um, Tandy, we'll start with you. Tell us about um, teams coming out of Africa. I mean, I look at it, and I see three or four teams that have a pretty good chance to make it into the knockout round from the African group. What do you think? Well, there's no shortage of talent with the people who play for African teams. 
The big issue is really the organization and the discipline. And so you have Cameroon, you have Ivory Coast, you have Ghana, and of course my country, Nigeria and Algeria. Uh, there's some true world-class players here. Uh, but you never know. If, if things bounce the right way, uh, Ghana or Nigeria might be able to make some noise. I remember the 1994 World Cup when uh, Nigeria made it into the next round, and it wasn't until the very last minute that Italy actually came back to tie the game and then win in overtime. And then the following World Cup, 1998, Nigeria beat Spain in a, in a fantastic game. So it's, the, the talent is there, and if the ball bounces the right way, we might be able to get, uh, get beyond, I don't know, maybe into the quarterfinals. What, what, let me ask you about Ivory Coast, obviously Africa Player of the Year, the great Yaya Torre, Yaya who Torre. plays for Man City. That's right. How can they do in this World Cup? It's the same thing. If, if they play well and play together as a team, there's a chance. But at some point, it just seems like something breaks down. Can't you just give Yaya the ball? Well, yeah, there are, other, <laughs> there are 10 other people on the team, unfortunately. Yeah, but oftentimes with Man City, we just give Yaya the ball and he just goes straight from the midfield all the way to the goal. It doesn't matter about the other guys. I, I do agree with you, though, that he can be a truly dominant player. I mean, the, the guy is ridiculous sometimes. But we'll have to see. Look, I'm, I'm a Chelsea fan, so I... So <laughs> we forgive you. Yeah. So Keep obviously, that up. so obviously, I don't think that I'm not gonna think that Yai, even though Yai is absolutely a remarkable player, I'm not gonna think that he's the best player in Ivory Coast. I think we all know who the best player there is, Solomon Kalou. Who? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I never even heard of him. Who's nah, this dude? Well, bring back Drogba too. Nah, <laughs> nah, it's 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 Drogba. I mean, the guy's world class, and as we've seen recently, the guy knows how to thrive in a big game situation. I mean, he's getting older though. He's gotten older, but he's come getting on, older, but. Remember, he only he only won the Champions League two years ago, and in 2010, his arm was broken, and he still managed to play in the World Cup. I mean, the guy loves his country. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, my sense is that Ivory Coast and Cameroon are are filled with great athletes, and and but they just like Tundi was saying, they just don't have the organization. But some countries do. I mean, and it's not just because the dean of engineering is from there. And I'm trying to suck up. Um, <laughs> I really like Nigeria's chances. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, we have there's a few there. There's a few players there from Chelsea. And what I really like is the organization yeah. that the coach brought to the team. They have an extremely, extremely disciplined defense. Remarkable goalkeeper. And they proved that they they overcame all the odds in Afcon. Nobody thought they could beat the Ivory Coast. Nobody thought they could win the final. And this is in the African Cup. Yeah, in the African Cup. Yeah. Nobody thought they could do it, but somehow they came out with the win and brought home the trophy. They have some young strikers that nobody quite knows about yet. True. And I think the world would learn about these young guys. Uh, in, in Nigeria, we've been very good at bringing up young players, but then they get to be 19, 20, something goes to their heads and they become prima donnas, <laughs> and that's the end of that story. So. I, th I think they also benefited from how the uh, the bracket turned out mm. because they seem to have a pretty it's not an easy group but it's definitely easier than the groups of death and say they get the the second seed out of that group the next round is still not going to be too terrible they're not going to get stuck with the Brazil right away or right. Germany right away I, I don't know why we keep drawing Argentina I mean I, I can count so many World Cups we're in the same group as Argentina but honestly I have them against France and I think yep. France is about a 
is, is a better team than Nigeria, just on paper. In the mm-hmm. knockout round. Yeah, 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 in the knockout round, yeah. yeah. So it depends who comes out on top out of the Group E, right? Right, um, absolutely. Right. But well, that, that makes a good transition to talking about the teams from Europe, and Alex and Alex will probably have a few words about that. I mean, I, for example, do not respect France or Germany's chances, but then I'm a crazy American. Very. <laughs> you want to go first? Um, personally, I think I think Europe makes some of the finest talent in the world nowadays. They've. It's not just about talent now. It's about pure. It's about really, really good youth coaching. Because you look at the system they have set up in Holland, in Spain, in Germany, they know how to make some genuinely world-class players from such a young age, and then when they get older, they they really start delivering. Well, Alex Keane and Alex Brown, I think you both think the same team from Europe is going to do very well, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I have the final Germany against Netherlands, um, and I'm a huge admirer of Germany as much as I hate them. As, as a nation, obviously, <laughs> in English. They bombed our chip shop, you know. Um, but, I mean, joking aside, I mean, Germany, the discipline, the youth um, program they have, um, the, the, they're just a, a brilliant um, nation of, of, of footballers now. And as we were speaking before we came in, I, I think Germany will have a star in this, this year's World Cup. We're not even um, talking about it at this point. They're just very good at bringing on players at the national stage at the very important times. Um, so I have Germany and the Netherlands actually in the finals. Um, I, England, obviously, I talk about them a little bit. If, if they come out of the their um, group on top, um, I have them coming out second to Italy. But if they came out on top over Italy, I think England could actually go quite far. I don't think they'll go far if they come out of second in that group because then they'll... Um, Obviously, they'll, they'll they'll match up to some um, tougher teams, but they could go through to the semi-finals. But then I'm a bit biased for that too. Alex Keane, what do you think? Well, do you think England's a little bit of a better gel this time around than maybe the last World Cup? It seemed like there's a lot of strife between the team last time, and yeah. I'm not hearing as much about the personalities. I mean, Eng- England's success or failure um, relies right on Wayne Rooney. I don't care. I mean, he might be getting a bit older, but if Wayne Rooney plays like he can play for Man United. England will be very difficult. If Wayne Rooney plays like he does play for England, England will not be difficult. Would, would England be a team that you think would thrive if they somehow wound up in an underdog status? Like, let's say Wayne Rooney's just not fit to play, and they've got to pull up somebody that's not the same star caliber. Could they still... I, I, think it, I, I think it'll be difficult. Where England suffers most is actually when they're, they're dominant favorites of, of a game, and they just the effort just doesn't seem to be there. Um, it, when we play the tougher teams, we actually play them quite well. Um, yet we still, you know, we'll probably end up losing. Um, I, I remember having great joy in the last World Cup watching the U.S. play the England really on early on the bracket, <laughs> where U.S. should have no chance right. at, you right. know, even coming close to goal. And it was just a really fascinating experience to see those two yeah, teams because England should have dominated. US. I hear yeah. Rob Green still gets gift baskets from uh, <laughs> North American football. F- yeah, I mean, but there, there's a problem for England right there. Goalkeeping situation as a Man City fan That's, um, yeah. for life. I mean, I, I I think our manager is correct in putting Joe Hart on the bench. He'd made some horrible mistakes. He needs a bit of a break or whatever. But from, from an England standpoint, we need Joe Hart to be playing first-team football. Right now, he's not. And that could be a big problem for England because I don't see any of the other goalkeepers. You know, the goalkeeper from, um, from Norwich, I mean... 
we thumped Norwich seven nothing or six nothing. I mean, that's too much practice for a goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about um, France and Switzerland? Neither of you have hmm. mentioned those. I mean, Switzerland did surprisingly well, I thought, in the, the qualifying. Yeah, and doing my research, I just nothing jumped out of me as about Switzerland players that I knew. Um, France, following uh, Bayern Munich, I know a lot about Frank Ribery and how um, spectacular he is, and Oliver Giroud. Um, so I, I, it's really fascinating when you look at the way FIFA does the ranking because France is kind of a low-ranking squad, but the talent at, up front on the team, um, there's definitely a strong chance that they could uh, definitely do much better than that 19 ranking shows. But I also think Belgium, if you're going to pick another European team, you've got to pick Belgium. I mean, they have probably four or five outstanding individuals in, in that team. Um, France, I think, are a little bit like England. They underperform on the big stage. If France really performs to their merits, they, they could be very dangerous. I agree um, with you. Belgium is the team that's going to surprise a lot of people. I've got them in the final against Brazil. They are going to surprise a lot of people. Belgium yeah. have an absurd level of talent. You have Kevin De Bruyne, yeah. you got Hazard, you got Courtois, you got Vincent Company. That's you, ha- you have players filling up Champions League winning teams or Premier League winning teams. And don't forget those Africans playing for them. That that Chelsea player who can score goals, (laughs) but just not for Chelsea. The only Chelsea striker who can score. We're like a curse. And Benteke, Benteke. even though his form recently declined, uh, the midfield is unbelievably stacked. uh, Alex Witzel, Fellaini, even though he's... Yeah, Fellaini's great great talent. Before Scott (laughs) tells us about uh, the teams from South America... Um, Dean Oganike has a meeting to attend. He's he's here in his go-to-meeting suit and tie and everything, unlike the rest of us. Um, before you leave, who do you have picked uh, in the finals? Brazil. And the reason I picked Brazil is, A, they're playing at home. They're tough to beat at home. And, B, they have such creativity. If they meet Germany, which I suspect will happen in the semifinal, that's unfortunate. But Brazil's creativity is going to win over the German efficiency. And I'm sorry I have to leave. And there you heard it Goodbye. from the dean of the College of Engineering. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in, Tundi. Take care. And Scott, that's a great segue to uh, have you tell us about what you think's going to, what these teams coming out of South America are like. The um, the first thing I wanted to get back to was Belgium will end up playing Germany in the uh, in the second round. So I think Belgium will be done. You know, once that happens, that's, again, my own opinion. But um, out of South America, I, I feel, you know, there's six teams that made it. I think five can get out. Um, which five, I'm not so sure. I think uh, Brazil, Colombia, and Argentina are, um, are definitely givens. Uh, I think you cannot take away the importance of playing at home. Um, anytime there's been a World Cup in South America, it's been a South American team that has won it. Um, Brazil playing at home, I, I think, gives them that extra little bit. Um, we talked about creativity. I think the Brazilian teams, or sorry, not the Brazilian teams, the South American teams are probably the most creative players. Um, getting them organized, getting them to actually play defense be the, the biggest issue for most of their coaches. Um, I think if you can be a coach and say, defend for me and do whatever you want on the offensive end, I, I think you go a long way. Um, I actually have Brazil making it to uh, to the finals, and I agree. I think, to me, the final will be Brazil and Germany. 
um, which will be in the quarterfinals. I think whoever wins that wins it all. Um, but I also feel that Argentina has plenty um, of firepower to to get into the uh, the final also. Uh, and again, Aguero. playing defense is uh, is the big thing. And I think this could be a, a definitely a breakout for Messi. I mean, if he's going to ever do anything um, on the world stage, it's got to be this time. I, th- I think that's why he's in the group. I mean, they stuck him with, I mean, no disrespect to uh, any possible Iranian or... Uh, Bosnian, Bosnian, or Nigerian fans. I mean, this is this is Messi. Like you said, this is Messi's this chance. Is Messi's Every, I've always argued with people about Messi and stuff, and the biggest argument against him is, unlike Diego Maradona, he has never delivered at the World Cup yet, and this is his year. This is, he's in his prime, and this is his big chance. But at the same time, it's not, like you said, it's a question of discipline because. I have never seen in my life a strike force like Argentina's. I mean, they've got guys like Palacio not even making the reserves. Sergio Aguero, easily one of the best strikers I've ever seen. Messi, you have uh, Higuain, Lavazzi. I mean, how, how do you... The only problem they have is possibly their defense. It's keeping the ball out of the net. Yeah. Because they will put one or two in, in every game. Scott, you didn't mention Uruguay, which is, I, I just because I love Diego Forlan so much, is, is and Suarez. my team. Well, Suarez gotta, I don't like so much. Oh, you got to like Suarez. As a player. you got to like him as a player, yes. Um, I, Uruguay, Ecuador, and Chile. Um, I, like I said, I think Colombia gets through um, pretty easily. But between Uruguay, Ecuador, and Chile, I think two or three of those actually make it all the way through. Um, you know, Chile just had I made a mistake earlier. Chile just had a great result with um, England uh, a month or two ago. Uh, kind of played them right off the field. Um, they can bring in people sometimes you do not even know about. Um, a couple years ago, Brazil brought um, the guy who was I think he was picking up trash, um, and he ended up starting as their left <laughs> back. You know, two months later, um, they can legitimately bring in four or five players that you don't know about and become stars. For the South Americans, this is such a tryout for them to make it into the uh, go play in Europe. So every one of those players playing in their home leagues, this is a tryout for them to be watched on the world stage and for them to move up um, within the leagues. Good point. Adam, is anyone going to make it from Asia or North and Central America? Well, honestly, I think even, I think Asia and American teams have really developed recently. I mean... <clears throat> They're not up to the cal- they're not as quickly as African teams, of course. But I think recently they've actually started really building a solid base, and especially defensively. And like for example, the United States Major League Soccer has actually really taken off in the last few years. I mean, you've got stars going in, and the new renewed interest is bringing out some pretty good players. But they're all in very difficult groups. Is Alexis Lala still playing for the USA? <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, he's going to grow his beard and come back. <laughs> right. Oh boy! Well, it's, it's in the out of Asia, Iran and Australia are teams that a lot of people like to talk about, but I just don't see them competing with these other teams. The problem is, all the other teams are world class in their prime. Iran, they have a good team, but their players are getting older, and I kind of, I kind of li- like some teams in I think was possibly Group H. We could see some teams come out of there. I mean, South Korea, they're decent, I suppose. Russia, well, <laughs> I suppose they're more of a European, con- European country. Um, 
Costa Rica have a notoriously good defense, as they demonstrated against England. Um, and Mexico in Group A could sneak through. Nah. They could, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying they're good, but you have Cameroon who... I Croatia, have Mexico going through. Croatia and Cameroon I have Mexico not even showing up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... You don't think <laughs> but, at, but, but at the same time, you have to think that they're more used to the whole South American environment. I mean... I don't know. I mean, in my well, opinion, anyone can sneak out of Group A. Adam, that means they're more used to losing in South America. <laughs> that would be it. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I just don't see it. Any, any of the rest of you? I got Mexico I had, coming out. Yeah, I have Mexico yeah. going through you as well. You guys have Mexico yeah. coming through? They yeah. could sneak out. Yeah. They could sneak how out. How the heck do they it, do that? I think it's one of two things. They either figure it out and figure out how to play as a team, or they're like France at the last World Cup and just completely fall apart in the middle of the tournament. It's one of the two things. I think they are apart. I don't think they're ever going to get back together. I mean, to sneak in by beating who they beat to uh, New Mexico beats New Zealand to get in. I, I I think there's no way you can go through that many coaches and have any kind of discipline on your team when you get into the biggest stage. Yeah, but have even they, if they do get out, they're not going far because they're going to run right into Spain. Um, to I, I got them running into, running into Spain, yeah. next or something. Yeah. But yeah. Well, Alex Brown has already started talking about uh, how Germany is going to have the surprise player of the tournament, somebody we don't know. Um, what about the rest of you? Do you have uh, ideas for who the surprise player of the tournament will be? Silence falls. If it's a surprise, we won't know. I mean, at the same time, can you really say anyone knew about Masut Ozil or newer, unless they were an avid football manager, player, or followed the Bundesliga religiously. I mean, there's, there is one player that really caught my attention. He's Brazilian, and it's Bernard. He recently, I think he got transferred to Shakhtar after the Confederations Cup. I really like him. Shakhtar is a Turkish club, right? I, I think they're, no, they're Ukrainian. Ukrainian. They okay. played the other day against United. They lost, but they have, I mean, he's like Os- he's kind of like Oscar and Neymar. Really fast, really technical, really flashy. Mm-hmm. He's young, and honestly, seeing his un- how unremarkable Hulk is a lot of times. I mean, oh, Hulk. I mean, oh. we remember when we, we remember when Hulk played City, and the crowd the crowd started chanting, "You're not incredible," <laughs> and he got so he got so angry about it that he actually complained to U- to UEFA about it, so they could fine City. And I remember thinking the entire time he isn't. I mean, the guy is he's big, he's massive, he has a good shot, but every time I see him, he's so unremarkable. So I think Bernard should be replacing him in the lineup, and a front line of Neymar, Oscar, and Bernard would just set the entire pitch on fire. I, I think you get. I think you really get your surprise player um, again out of uh, South America. The big names we all know are all going over and playing in Spain um, or in Europe. Um, in their domestic leagues, though, you will find one or two of these players that will come out and have really a tremendous World Cup, and then we will know his name then we'll know his name in spain or europe um but i think you know in their home leagues there's such good quality um players in those leagues that i think you know a couple of those will be found in europe or uh, or spain in the next couple years i have a dark horse for you guys i think it's gonna be demarcus beasley from the united states (laughs) it's gonna magically become the player of the tournament I thought he was in the commentary team. <laughs> is he still playing? Yes. Somehow he's still, I think, left back for the Holy U.S. You know, it's, it's remarkable what a reclamation project he's been, Alex. I mean, it's... I've got to pay more attention, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he can still run. Yeah, he can. His defense is little, if he... Yeah, mm. well, so's everybody else. So's so the other three <laughs> in the back. 
All right, gentlemen, here's the big question of the day. Can anyone beat Brazil? Yes, Germany beats them in the semifinal. Scott? I don't think so. Adam? I I think it'll be an extremely difficult challenge because you cannot you cannot underestimate the home field advantage. I mean, Brazil blew $8 billion of public money to build and prepare for the World Cup. But they're not and quite ready yet, so we just got <laughs> yeah. to... Aren't they falling down? And <laughs> if, if Brazil do not deliver, there's already protests about how much has been spent. If Brazil don't deliver, we can have, like, full-blown rights. They really love their football. And they have a great, great team, good coach, good everything. Mr. Keane. Were they in the last final? No. Were they in the final before that? No. I don't think they're going to make this final either. And why? Because Germany's going to beat them in the semifinal. Right? I have Germany and Argentina in the <laughs> yeah. final. I think Messi's wow. going to show up. Wow. Well, that was pretty much my last question. Was I mean, if we, we, we know who all of us think. I think Brazil's going to beat Belgium in the final. Alex thinks it's going to be Germany's Germany. going to beat Netherlands. Scott thinks Brazil beating Argentina. Germany's going to beat Spain. Germany against Spain. Again? Um, I have Germany and Argentina. Ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard what six alleged experts have to say about the FIFA World Cup. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in to Campus Voices here on WVUD. Thanks for listening to Campus Voices, a collaboration between WVUD, the broadcast voice of the University of Delaware, and UD Information Technologies. The views expressed on this program are those of the individual guests and do not necessarily reflect the official views or policies of WVUD, UD Information Technologies, or the University of Delaware. For more information about Campus Voices and to find archive copies of this and other episodes, visit our website. Using all lowercase letters, go to www.udel.edu slash campusvoices. We invite you to tune in every Thursday morning at 8.30 for Campus Voices on 91.3 FM, WVUD, and WVUD HD1, Newark, or online at wvud.org.